Today's special episode of Coffee and Conspiracies is brought to you as a thank you to the Kentucky Wesleyan College campus community for helping raise over $1,000 for the Judy Fund during the month of November. It's time to delve in a delicious cup of coffee. Hi. Hi. You're just in time for coffee. Somebody get me some coffee. Want another cup of coffee? Good to the last drop. Don't forget your coffee. And bite into some tasty conspiracies. This is Coffee and Conspiracies. Welcome to Coffee and Conspiracies, where a couple clueless college kids review fresh brews and debate conspiracy views. I'm your host, Riley. I'm here joined by uh, our co-host. Hey, what's going on, everyone? This is Logan. Uh, And today we have a very special guest for a very special episode. Today is our Christmas special episode, which we used as an incentive uh, for a fundraiser that we took part in. If the fundraiser raised $1,000 or more for the uh, Alzheimer's Association for the Judy Fund, we were going to do a Christmas special, and we made that goal. So today we're doing a Christmas special with... Um, again, a very special guest. Would you like to introduce yourself? Yeah, sure. I am Anna Crasher, and I am currently the director of campus ministries here at Kentucky Wesleyan College. Are you also an alumni of Kentucky Wesleyan College? Are you not? I graduated in spring of 2018. All right, then. So not too long ago, but you know, it's at least been. Let's say, if my math is correct, at least four years ago. At least four years ago. Yeah. It's funny. Uh, me and a, a, fr- a friend of Riley and I's Freddie, we were over at a, a bank not too long ago, and we were talking to an 05 grad of Kentucky Wesleyan. So mm. it's just, it's, it's just one of those things. It's awesome. Like being able to connect with alumni, especially the alumni that they, like come back and work here. I just, in my opinion, it's just one of the greatest things about this school. Just a, just a quick shout out, you know, Yeah, I would agree. getting back to the topic at hand, of course. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but today is our, is going to be our Christmas special. Yes, it is. Um, uh, all to spoil our topic a little bit ahead of time and out of order from what we normally do. We're going to be talking about St. Nicholas, Um, And some of the truth of, like, who St. Nicholas was, what he did, and some of the theories surrounding him. Um, Just sort of in celebration of Christmas. Uh, But today we are drinking uh, a very special coffee. Another one from the Page Roasting Company that our first episode's coffee is Mm -hmm. from. Um, This is their Mexico Veracruz blend, um, which is, uh, of course, from Veracruz. Uh, It uh, comes from a farm in San Jose. It says Um, it's a washed process roast about medium. Uh, I think it's medium to medium dark. The bag says medium, but it's a little dark. I would I would agree with like medium to medium dark just off the initial like flavor notes and just from initial tasting. And we'll get into the review later, of course, of the actual coffee itself. But like just off the initial flavor notes, I definitely like medium to medium dark. Uh, You all know that I'm like I'm not a huge coffee drinker. and I even then, uh, I usually add like cream and sugar to mine because that's what I'm used to. But even in this one, I haven't added anything to it. And I still thoroughly enjoy the uh, flavor taste of it. I think Riley thinks he's starting to crack me. I don't know if I'm going <laughs> to give him that benefit of the doubt yet, but uh, we'll see. Yeah, so the notes are supposed to be sugary, full-bodied, and smooth uh, with notes of almond, semi-sweet chocolate, caramel, and apricot. Um all of that to say, it's very good. It's one of my favorites. I, it's, it I usually good. make it like afternoon. Yeah, I can. This is definitely like an afternoon type coffee, or like perfect for the weather we're having today, which is it's, it's kind of rainy outside. Like this, is, I think this very is kind of the perfect day. coffee for not only the recording of this episode, but just for today in general. I will say though, of kind of speaking of the flavor notes that it was describing on the package, uh, I definitely can see the the semi sweet chocolate. Like I definitely like catch that flavor note. I'm missing the apricot. Me too. I, honestly, I just I'm not catching. I don't know if it's because of the way we brewed it or anything like that, which we were talking about right that about that right before we uh, started recording. But like, I'm just not, I don't know. Maybe I, I've never really had apricot before. Like how, what does apricot taste like? 
I mean, apricot. It, it kind of tastes like apricot. <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't know. I better can Google it. I was like, Anna, what about you? Have you ever had apricots before? I can't say that I have. I mean, it it tastes very good, and my years of of even working, you know, hand in hand with coffee, it definitely tastes like a medium to medium dark to me. Um, but I can definitely like taste the hazelnut and what were the other mm-hmm. two ingredients aside from the apricot? I think it was the sugary and no, that was the flavor. Now what was caramel the- and semi-sweet chocolate yeah. and almond as well. Yeah. yeah. So I definitely, I, I'm a little less, I can kind of feel, uh, taste the hint of like the caramel. Like I said, mm-hmm. the semi-sweet chocolate is definitely like, I think the more powerful of the, the flavor notes in right. this particular, uh, brew. That's the coffee we're going to be drinking. We'll give a, a a bit of like a more structured review later on after we get through the um, through the topic we have today. I'm really excited for it. I love talking about Saint Nicholas and, Me too. and some of the neat like conspiracies and theories <laughs> around Christmas. Um, but we did want to throw a shout out out there to somebody that we've heard has listened to like every episode of our podcast potentially multiple times and is spreading it to all of their friends and everything. Uh, so we wanted to shout out Cade out there wherever you're listening from uh we have heard about you being like a super fan which is just super cool to hear Agreed. um and uh i don't know maybe smile we figured we'd shout you out mm-hmm. um but yeah so thanks for listening and and spreading the word about coffee and conspiracy i think it's cool about the fact that we actually have a super fan like <laughs> we're only like four this is like our fourth episode right oh seriously yeah this is only our fourth episode why did i think you guys were on episode like 20 or something i, I mean i, I feel it feels like we're on episode it 20 does. because we've been I mean, we've only been doing this at the end, what, almost the entire semester, like halfway through the semester is when we started doing this, yeah. I guess. Yeah, well, and, and we've missed a few weeks because of mm. busy schedules or and being getting sick, sick and or stuff whatever. Like that. But and we'll call this our pilot season. It's yeah, our pilot I, I would agree. Or, like, like, or if, if, like, if you're as much into like TV shows as I am, this is like our like our mid-season finale and then we'll come back next semester and like be a whole lot more prepared and oh, yeah. like probably release like an episode like just about every week. But again, the fact that we have a super super fan after four episodes, I don't know if that speaks to the quality of us as, uh, you know, talkers on this podcast or just the uh, content that we just talk about, period. I don't know. I just, it's just something to think about, which I, I just, I find very awesome and just interesting. It was very cool. But very yeah, cool. <laughs> so today's topic, St. Nicholas. Um, talking about, uh, less talking about like Santa Claus, St. Nicholas and more of like the actual saint, um, the, the person and, uh, who he was supposed to be in history. Some of the things that he did, how he became the, um, saint of children and, um, potentially like how it's become the legend of Santa Claus or an actually an interesting thing I learned today, just about an hour ago, um, to go on a real quick tangent before we really hop into it. Um, I was talking to somebody else here at the radio station talking about the topic, and and he was very interested in it. And uh, he mentioned that um, St. Nick, not St. Nicholas or Santa Claus, but St. Nick is actually a um, trademarked term by, I think think he said it was Coca-Cola. Like, they tried to trademark Santa Claus for their commercials and advertising, and and Mm -hmm. it didn't work out, so they made St. Nick and trademarked it. So, like, all of the... Um, like art for Saint Nick with drinking a Coca Cola glass, like that's that's trademarked. That's, that's actually entertaining because, like, you would think that someone, a character like Santa Claus, would be like public domain because it's it's Santa Claus. Like, how can you trademark something that's you know as universal? It's like in my opinion, it's like trademarking Jesus. I'm just saying, like, you, you can't you can't <laughs> trademark Jesus or you can't trademark uh the cross or something. Like, it's, it's like that's that's kind of just to make that comparison. But I, I guess it makes sense, especially because it's like Coca-Cola and, you know, Coca-Cola is as big of a company as it is. 
I just, I never, that's actually really interesting. I never knew that there was a distinction between Santa Claus and St. Nick, but like, but cause you hear the term St. Nick all the time. Like, uh, Frank Sinatra, whenever he sings, oh crap, what's the song I'm thinking of? Don't forget to hang up your sock. They'll be coming down the chimney. I'm trying to think of the title <laughs> of that song. Um, it's, it's like the holiday season. It's not called the holiday season, but you know what song I'm talking about. I do right? know what song you're talking about. Right, right. It's, but uh, Frank's, uh, the, I think the person that made that song the most famous was Frank Sinatra because it's like constantly played around the holiday season. Um, especially because that's what we're in right now. You know, it's December 8th. We're getting there. We have what? Uh, if my math's correct, we have 17 days till Christmas, something like that. If an amount of days. An amount of days till Christmas. And um, just the fact that, like, you know, he, he refers to him as St. Nick. So, like, people, that's just, like, a slang term for Santa Claus regardless. The fact that's actually trademarked, that's that's just intriguing to find out. Before I was a communi- uh, communications major, I wanted to get into legal studies for contracts and copyright. <laughs> and so, like, stuff like that always, like, just kind of tickles the back of my brain. Mm. I mean, something that I found fascinating, kind of related even to the Coca-Cola thing, was, like, and pardon the amount of research that I did, because I'm, like, <laughs> literally sitting in front of a Word document that I made. <laughs> um takes me back to my college years but but yeah so like i found that the dutch actually in 1621 uh started to refer to saint nicholas as like a santa claus figure and they nicknamed him i could be pronouncing this wrong but sinterklaas i saw the same thing uh yeah Yeah. i saw saw the same thing i was doing my and that's where the term santa claus even originated from was actually 1621 and then even referring to what logan mentioned and you riley about um coca-cola like from the research that i did it looks like it was kind of brought in to the u.s holiday of christmas starting in 1920 which would make Mm -hmm. sense Mm -hmm. with the coca-cola theme yeah um but See, and, like, kind of expand on that a little bit. The little research that I did is I saw the same thing was that it was, uh, like, center cloth or something like mm-hmm. that. And because the history behind that is that a St. Saint, uh, Nicholas, uh, which we'll get into more of his origins. I'll let Riley get more into that after I finish this point, which is he was, like, the most popular um, saint in Europe by the Renaissance. And then after the Reformation happened, he was still, like, held in high regard as a saint, even though the Protestant religions had formed after that point, especially in Holland, of all places. And so, which is where the term Sinterklaas came from. And then when the Dutch came over to New York, mm-hmm. that's where, like, the idea of, and then eventually the idea of what we have as Santa Claus came to today. And that's become, you know, mainstream and so on and so forth. But it's just, I always find it interesting how, like, little, like, what I would like call nuggets of uh, uniqueness become something mainstream. Santa Claus being one of those things or like the tooth fairy or the Easter bunny right. or a jack-o'-lantern, things like that, you know, of, of those variety, which have these like really weird, interesting origins, but then now they're mainstream and everyone like enjoys them. Yeah. So St. Nicholas um, is uh, as a person, not a lot from, from what I've seen, not a lot is actually like, well known about him a lot of it is uh speculation or like passed on stories um like i'm not even sure if they know specifically when he died there's a big celebration around december 6th mm-hmm. based on his death but i don't believe it's like known for sure that that's when he died um there's actually some theories out there that i've heard and found that um give the idea that 
St. Nicholas was never actually, like, a person, and that it was created from a, a couple of different legends or folklores from pagan religions at the time, um, and from different things like that to be put together as this, like, saint in, um, in, the, uh, in the church at the time. Because, um, I mean, he's got, like, he's got a rap sheet of things that he's supposed to be the saint of. Um, like, uh, every time I was doing research and I found a different, like, source to look at, it was, they always had a different list. Like, mm-hmm. there was always the same few, mm-hmm. but but adding things on. Like, the patron saint of sailors, uh, merchants, archers, children, thieves, prostitutes. Like, there's so many different things, and everywhere I looked, it always had, like, oh, there's these two that aren't there, and then these three that are, and it, so there's not, it doesn't seem like there's a lot of agreement. See, and that just comes with, uh, you know, a, a folklore fi- I guess, uh, not that, that uh, a saint is like a folklore figure, but just for the sake of argument and like how to describe this type of, uh, this type of like idea in our society. That's what happens with like most like folklore individuals. Like think of like Paul Bunyan, right? There's like, there is the legend that like, you know, Paul Bunyan was a really big dude. He was uh, like, uh, he lived in the forest. He lived, he had a blue ox named Babe. And he cut down trees all the time, and the reason he died off was because of the rise of, like, machines and things like right. that. Right. There's a lot of details that could be changed and altered and, um, you know, adjusted in order to fit uh, different styles and different ideas of who Paul Bunyan actually was. But the idea still kind of remains the same. Another example I could give is um, I, um, I was doing research. I was doing a research paper for my communication research methods class, and it was a media uh, research project. And I could pick anything I wanted with media. Thankfully, a friend of mine gave me this idea, and it was the evolution of Spider-Man through hmm. uh, different mediums in which he was presented, right? So, like, hmm. I focused mostly on, like, comic books, TV shows, and movies because those are the three most popular things that you could, like, view Spider-Man as. And I was doing this research, and I was trying to see, like, how he evolved, did he ever change as a character, yada, 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 and so forth. And there's, like, like one thing in particular I can think of where Peter Parker was completely different than what he was originally started as. But since the 60s, he has remained the same type of character for the past 60 years. He's always from Queens. He's always poor. He always gets bitten by a radioactive, sp- uh, radioactive spider. He always, Uncle Ben always dies. Like, there's always, like, these these few basic principles of that character that do not change. And the reason I ended up concluding from that was the fact that, like, you know, it, he is that way. So that way he represents the symbol of the underdog. Like, Spider-Man right. is the quintessential underdog when you think about it, right? And so, and he has to stay the same in order to be able to reach the most people possible, right? Which feeds into, like, what our explanation we're talking about is the fact that, like, St. Nicholas, nobody can agree upon every specific thing that he is the patron saint of because he means different things to different people, mm-hmm. right? And that just kind of, then that you can find that with literally anything. A saint, a folklore legend, a comic book character, you know, um heroes from like back like uh alexander the great would be another example or like genghis khan like folk again like people from history that have these legends about them again they mean different things to different people and it all goes back to like interpretation and perception and things like that so did you find uh, in your research the like one of the i think it's probably the primary story of of why um saint nicholas is considered the patron saint of children it's the uh, the Pickle Boys is uh, yes, what they're referring yes. to. Yes, and again, it shifted 
or tweaked, if you will, every time I would go to a different <laughs> site. So I was like, this is so inconsistent. Uh, literally the only consistent thing was the fact that St. Nicholas was there and present to some degree. So like one of the stories I heard that there were three boys that were kidnapped and a butcher literally cut them all up and killed them. And then several, like several years later, because from the story that I found, it was like, I don't remember a precise time, but I was thinking that it was like a solid 20 or something years after these boys had died. And then St. Nicholas randomly visited this butcher. No intention or even related to the fact that he had killed three young boys several years ago and walked past the bucket, if you will, that their bones and remains had stayed in and was like, oh, there's three young boys in there and like touched the bucket and they rose and everything. And other stories that I found actually changed their ages where it was like, oh, three grown men were killed, but not by a butcher. And then he rose them from the dead um so it it definitely shifted um like one of the ones that i found was that the three young, the three men were falsely accused of something and like hanged you know for for a crime they committed but that they were raised back from the dead because saint nicholas knew they were innocent so wow yeah, yeah. i never knew any of that that just initial reaction alone uh, you riley saw me i like my eyes just got really wide i was like oh my gosh it's like i had no idea like the metaphor i can make for this is like disney taking a grim fairy tale and disneyfying it like that's exactly in my mind that's exactly what the catholic church did with the legend of saint nicholas like is that's some really dark stuff and then like you know we today know santa claus is santa claus like right it just that if i could make a metaphor for that that would be my metaphor it was disney you know disneyfying the grim fairy tales yeah and I knew about the, uh, as, like I said, I call them the pickle boys, um, uh-huh. before doing the research, I've heard about it before. And like, from, from my experience, it seems the most common story is like what you said first, it was uh, a butcher, like this evil butcher killed some kids and pickled them with the intent to sell them as pickled ham. Right. And then like, it was some, it's something like 10, 20 years later, he just comes by and he's like, Oh, Hey, there's kids in there. And they come up alive and everyone's like, Whoa, it's this crazy yeah. miracle. But like. Some of the other stuff I found, like like you said, it changes. You know, you have these three theological students who are traveling to Athens when an innkeeper yes, I also robs saw and murders that one. them yeah. and hides their bodies in pickling vats just to get rid of the bodies. Not right. even, it's, so it's it changes every time. But, like, the one I saw that was most popular seemed to be the butcher mm-hmm. um, where it was intentional. Now, I didn't see the whole them being falsely accused and hung. I didn't see that one. Yeah, either. that one was, like, a very, I don't want to say a janky website. But it was kind of like one that literally had like Less three reputable. sentences on the story and that was it. And I was like, should I include this? You know, <laughs> like, but strangely enough, like I got major like Batman vibes from oh, yeah. St. Nicholas, if you will, just because and I know we'll probably get into like his younger story and upbringing, but like his parents died from an illness that had basically plagued his whole town you know, and then he was orphaned and was like, oh, I'm rich. So what do you do when you're rich and you're 12 years old, basically? It's like, I'm going to give my money away to the poor. Um, And then he just like helped people his entire lives. And that's what he became known for. So Batman meets Robin Hood. Yeah. Basically. Granted, he didn't have like an outfit with, you know, bat wings or anything. Fair, but like, you know, (laughs) see that, that kind of feeds into another 
interesting thing. Again, going back to this research, I'm really interested that I did this research project and I had, I found this book. It's called, it was by, uh, there's a guy named Jess Nevins and it's called The Evolution of, it's like the evolution, uh, evolution of superheroes or something like that. It's like the 4,000 year history of what's called a proto superhero. Basically, there's a. The, he starts out the book in chapter one, basically saying like, there is no one true definition of what a superhero actually is, because there's it could be a genre form, it could be an art form. Um, you know, superheroes don't have to, actually have to wear like capes. They don't have to wear a flashy costume. They can just wear normal clothes. Like, like there's all these like just different things about superheroes. So one of the things he brings up is there's this uh, German philosopher. I can't remember his name, but he consult, came up with something called the heroin concept it's it's spelled uh it, it, it sounds uh, spelled how it's pronounced basically it's a continuum of certain factors that lead into what could be considered a superhero it's an unusual origin story death of a family member wears a costume uh doesn't kill like literally anything you can think of like right. could make someone like consider a superhero so with that of course brings in the problem of like you know well that could lead into like you know godly like like angels like uh like the example he gave was um milton's paradise lost the story of how lucifer fell from heaven mm. uh, from the perspective of i think lucifer or from heaven i can't remember which one but basically you can consider angels in that story superheroes just based off like that continuum of, of, of like criteria but, like, the idea is that, like, in this case, if we're using that continuum, St. Nicholas is a superhero. St. Nicholas is a superhero. <laughs> Basically. That's, that's wonderful. That, that, that's wonderful. That's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, another thing that I found in my research, funny enough, is uh, a, a, it's a, another, like, separate source defines him uh, additionally as being the patron saint of uh, coopers and brewers. <laughs> and the theory behind that is because, um, that, like, People believe that he was called that because, like, the children he saved were in brining, like, in brining fluid, which is why, like, some oh. people say that's why they call him the patron saint of Coopers and Brewers. That would, I mean, that would make sense. It's, it's like making pickles and, you know, making beer. Semi-similar process. Completely different ingredients, but semi, semi-similar process. So that would make sense. It's that interesting. That makes a lot of sense. It is very interesting. So, so what do we have like information on like his like origin other than like what Anna's already mentioned? Do you have anything else to mention about like his origin? I didn't find much. Uh, I didn't really research too much into like his childhood or anything like that. Mm-hmm. So, if you have that, it'd be great to hear because most of my research is sure. on like the big topic that I'm saving because I'm, I'm excited to be I'm, I'm, I'm waiting. I'm, I'm, I'm like waiting to get to that. I'm about to be like, all right, now we're going to address the elephant in the room. Yeah. Riley, go ahead. But like, uh, we have, I don't think we're there yet. Sure. Um, I'm, I'm, a nerd at heart so i love <laughs> researching people's origin stories and when logan was like hey will you do this i was like yes i must immediately Quick start researching on that simple fact the minute i told her she pulled out her laptop and started doing research i was like <laughs> anna I'm like anna you can wait like a couple of days she goes no i'm gonna start doing it now and like i just she just sat like we i went over there to set up the christmas tree with all the campus ministries leaders and she's just sitting there doing research the entire time i'm like anna you're really dedicated to this. I can greatly appreciate the fact that you're going to be a guest on our show. And so I enjoy it at heart. Um, Yeah. The biggest thing that I found was hypothetically, you know, again, a lot of stuff and information surrounding St. Nicholas is very, it goes back and forth depending on what you research. So um, his hypothetical birthday is March 15th of 270 AD. Um, he was born in Turkey, is in modern day Turkey. Um, and then, like we said 
earlier where uh, his hypothetical death was on December 6th in 343 AD um, at the age of 73. Um, People found it very interesting that his height changed depending on what you pulled from. Um, Yeah. So, like, a lot of people thought that he looked like Odin. Um, so they actually connected him to, you know, if you believe in Greek mythology, then what if St. Nicholas was actually Odin who came to Earth? Quick clarification. I'm Odin, so sorry. If Odin this would is... be Norse mythology. I'm just I'm sorry. quick yes, clarification. Yes, no, Norse you're fine. Mythology. You're fine. Yeah. Sorry. Inner nerd was like, wait a minute, wait a I'm minute. Sorry. Slow down. I'm sorry. Continue. You're fine. Um, but yeah, so a lot of people were like, oh, what if he's actually Odin who came to Earth and, you know how the gods did and, you know, whether they had a kid or something. Um, but yeah, a lot of people were like, he looked very similar to, to Odin. Um, so people thought that it was him, you know, he came to earth because he saw a town struggling. Um, so I, I, whether that's true or not, but anyway, yeah. And that's, that's one heck of a conspiracy. The fact that like, you know, maybe the Norse gods actually exist. And, you know, uh, St. Nicholas is a demigod that was birthed from Odin and an an earthly woman, but you know, that could just be a, it's just a game theory, yeah. you know, like, you know, so that's, that's wild. So that, I, you, you started saying that and immediately I had to open up. I, I use, um, I use a, like an art generator for the graphics for the podcast. Okay. And one of them, I was, I was putting in some weird prompts just to see what came up. I did alien Santa Claus, stuff like that. And I, throughout all of them, I had like a couple weird ones that were like, I was like, why? I'm searching for alien Santa Claus and it's throwing like a Greek God up in here. And I did the one that's most prevalent. I did, I did purple people eater Santa Claus. And sure enough, one of them just looks like purple Odin, like fully. And I was just yeah. like, where, where is it pulling Odin from? But that, that I, makes okay, sense. I see that. And that I never, sense. I didn't find anything like definite that was like, Oh, the reason people think that he is Odin is because of very of a very specific reason. Like literally, the only reason that I found was because of art that people were like writing and drawing him, where they would give him a full beard and mm, made okay. him look more muscular. Uh, muscular, sorry, um, was that they were like, oh, he kind of resembles Odin, and that was the only reason that I found. But but yeah, like I mean. People have been given more credit for less, honestly. That's like, true. Let's be real. Like, that's, yeah, okay, that's I mean, we're talking about somebody that was born how many years ago? Exactly. So it's like, is that actually what he looked like? Right. Probably not. Heck, but. we, like, we have far less to go on. Like, Riley and I did an episode a while back about the Paula's dead theory. Right? Oh, yeah, yeah I remember right. you telling me that. Yeah, and so, like, we had far less to go off of. I mean, we had a little bit more to go off of, but even then we were able to straw, like, draw far, like, tamer conclusions in my opinion like the, i think the big conclusion we came to is like oh maybe the beatles were all aliens maybe <laughs> the fact that like so i was like yeah saint nicholas is like the son of odin is like I, my brain is still like processing that fully i'm like how's that even what just huh <laughs> that that's just that's crazy to me wow just wow i thought i thought it was interesting well that's very interesting. very interesting yeah that's just crazy like again people have been given a lot more credit for less and that, that's just insane to me. It's absolutely insane to me. Yeah, uh, people thought that it was weird that his height varied between 4, 8, and 5, 6. That that, is, that's a good range. That's an <laughs> insane range. That's like as bad as people like portraying Goliath in media. 
Yeah. Like, like Goliath and me, like David, and I, so like the story of David and Goliath, right? Like Goliath is like this seven foot, eight foot tall, hulking mass of an individual. <laughs> and David's like, you know, a kid and like, you know, four or five through a simple, small pebble. Like I remember having this conversation. I think it was with your brother of all people. Probably. Logan, that's not people, surprising. I had this conversation with about how like, actually, if you like look at the measurement they give in the Bible and like do the conversions, like to modern day measurements, um, wasn't he the height of like a normal tallish guy? Yeah, basically. Like, if you do like, like you gotta, you gotta think like the average height of like uh, someone in that part of the uh, world at that time was maybe like four, seven, four, eight. So like Goliath was actually like five, six, or something like that. Like an average height male today was how tall Goliath was like actually back then. Are yeah. you telling me I'm taller than Goliath? I think so. I'm t- <laughs> if that's I'm taller than Goliath. I'm six feet tall. Like it's insane, but like again, but it's all like it's all about kind of what we discussed earlier. Yeah. It's all about that those interpretations and those mm-hmm. like it's uh, th- to say the word it's propaganda. That's yeah. really what it is. It's propaganda, which kind of when we get to the like Catholic Church aspect of this conversation, that's exactly what I'm gonna bring it up again. But again, just propaganda. Just keep that in mind while you're listening to this. It's <laughs> propaganda. <laughs> um, really, the only other interesting thing that I found, kind of skipping like yes most of his childhood he gave away money left and right to people that needed it um i read in relation to the prostitute story that riley had mentioned like apparently he would regularly just go around his town and give bags of money to women that were at risk of becoming prostitutes because they did not have husbands Mm -hmm. or jobs because women didn't have jobs back then. So they had no way of providing for themselves. Um, So he would just regularly give women in his town money. Um, So that's where the prostitutes. I just had a very, I said a very intrusive thought. You go first, but I just had a very intrusive thought popping in my head because of that. Santa Claus. Yeah. So the, the uh, St. Nicholas, the, um, like what he did to become the patron saint of prostitutes. That's what yeah. I did like most of my research in because I always find like I'll, I'll be talking to people like, oh yeah, you know that St. Nicholas, like, oh, he's the patron saint of children and prostitutes. And people are like, what? <laughs> so I, I did a lot of the research on that. And most of the tales um, about like how he earned that title stem from like one primary story, mm-hmm. which again, it fluctuates and changes, but right. the base ideas are all there. That's... Um, there was a there was a father in a town that St. Nicholas was either in or passing through or heard of, you know, it changes. But um who had but but this father had three daughters. And um in the time uh he like the uh he didn't have a dowry to offer to husbands to marry the daughters, um, which was a part of like the culture mm-hmm. uh, of right. that area, but the father wasn't like wealthy enough to be able to have a dowry for his daughters. And so there was concern that they were going to like have to go into prostitution because they couldn't get husbands. And apparently St. Nicholas heard about this and would sneak up to the the house and throw bags of money for yeah. dowries into the window. And um, the whole like stocking thing for Christmas comes from um, the, the, they say like a part of the, this story, a part of this legend is that they had hung up their stockings to dry by the fireplace, hmm. and one of those bags of money for the dowry that he threw in the window landed in the stocking. Oh. It thus came like gifts and stockings in that tradition. Um, but how the the story like very interestingly, so it says that he was like throwing these bags of money uh, or sneaking them into the house for the dowries for the first daughter and then the second daughter, and then on the third daughter, it says that the father stayed up all night and caught him red-handed. 
And so, huh. like, there's a couple different stories. There are some stories where it says that instead of giving the dowry, he gave the man a bag of coal, um, which uh, some people say is like, oh, that's where the whole coal for Christmas for being naughty or staying up to see if Santa Claus comes. comes I mean, from. it's I mean, it's better than you know Krampus, but you know, yeah, it's a lot but, better than Krampus, but still, right? Which is where like some of the confusion was because I was like, well, that like I, I could see how that was being mixed up with other stories, but like the main thing I found is that. Um, this this father st- stayed up all night to figure out who was doing this, to thank them, and caught St. Nicholas red-handed. And um, basically, St. Nicholas, there's, there's, again, multiple versions, but the two, like, primary that I found, one of them is he was like, hey, I'm doing this for you, but please don't tell anyone it was me. I don't want the credit for it. I just right. want your family to be okay. And the other one says that he threatened the father <laughs> to keep his mouth shut about it. Um, which like are just two different sides of it where you're one is like, Oh, like he's being, he's being nice. And the other one's like, Oh man, like, yeah. How terrifying would that be to wake up, find the dude who's charitably like helping your daughters, like not have to go into this life. And then he's like, Hey, if you tell anyone, like I'm going to snuff you like that, that would be horrible. That's entertaining. But if you, in a manner of speaking, you could potentially say St. Nicholas was the first pimp in a manner of speaking. You know, the idea of, like, what we think of as a pimp today is, like, far different than, like, what I'm meaning. But, like, the fact that, like, he was simply just providing for the women just so they wouldn't have to, like, you know. Right. Kind of, kind of pimp, pimp style activities. Especially with the idea that, like, he threatened to snuff the father. Like, again, just in a manner of speaking, could be considered the first pimp. Like, that reminds me of, like, the tangent that we came up with for the first episode. (laughs) Yeah, the tangent we came up with? Sorry, the tangent I came up with for the first episode that has never seen the light of day. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, just the, the story about him, like doing that, it, it does like, it would make sense that it happened or at mm-hmm. least that it was a story that went around, whether it was about St. Nicholas or, or whatever it would be, but the whole, like him throwing bags of money into the window and it landing in the stocking. And so now right. people hang stockings up. And originally it was cause they like would hope to wake up in the morning and have a bag of money, money in it, <laughs> like sitting in there. Um, but yeah, it, it was, I, I cause I remember hearing about, like, St. Nicholas being the patron saint of prostitutes for the first time. And I was yeah. like, oh, that's, like, he's, like, a big figure for children around yeah. Christmas time. And so I was concerned about it. So I did the research, and I was like, oh, like, okay, it's not a bad thing. Like, he it was ju- he was being a, a good person, right. being so very like, helpful. Here. I remember when Riley first said that to me, because I didn't, I didn't know that until Riley said something to me about it. And my first initial thought was, like, oh, so... Like, is the whole point of, like, patron saints, like, I wear St. Christopher's medal, right? And St. Christopher is the patron saint of travelers, mm-hmm. right? So you're supposed to pray to St. Christopher to protect you while you're traveling. So my first initial thought about that was, like, oh, so prostitutes pay to pray to St. Nicholas in order to be good at prostitute? Like, I, I like, <laughs> be good at prostitutes? Like, that was my first initial thought. And then you explained it further, and I went, oh, that makes a lot more sense, right. first off. Because there's, like, patron saints for everything. There's a patron saint for theater. I don't well, remember who it is, but I just know that, like, again, but it's, again, it's just a better way of thinking about it. And apparently St. Nicholas is the patron saint <coughs> of everything. Uh, just apparently. Like, the, the list I compiled of everything I found, there's, like, 20 things. I, I just came up with a, another conspiracy for, like, kind of what you were mentioning earlier before we started about the whole Catholic Church taking, or what both yeah. of you were mentioning. Uh, we haven't gotten to that part of the conversation yet, but I will bring this idea up when we get to there because it might be explain a lot of things. Well, interestingly enough, like my next like thing to bring up was related to the church. Okay, so we might as well address the other um, when it comes to the Catholic Church. So weirdly, I thought I was like, okay, how old was Saint Nicholas when he became saint. a saint? You know, or or a, a priest, if you will. Um, 
And the research that I found was pretty mm, concise on the fact that he was 30 years old. And then I was like, that is really young. That's very specific. What is the average age of somebody to become a saint or a priest within the church? And everything that I found was that it is actually required to be at least 35 years old. So Mm. I was like, that's weird. And then I was like, so how did he become a saint or a priest and i found this and i'm interested to see if you found something similar because i literally when i read it so many times over to make sure that i was reading it right because i was like this can't be accurate now the anticipation is killing so bishop of myra i don't know if i'm pronouncing that right but that's the town within turkey that he lived in um was apparently like in it said he succeeded Nicholas's uncle. So I don't know if that means he was actually related to Nicholas in some way or if he was just the bishop. I don't know. I don't know. Anyway, it said that he had recently passed away and that priests within the city had decided that the first priest to enter the church that morning would be deemed their next bishop. Like, that is their only qualification is to yeah. walk through the like door. Nose goes. It's like, okay, first person to not like, like nose goes. Yeah. All right. You're the, you're the new Bishop. So None Nicholas was the first person to walk into the church that, that morning. Cause he was like, I'm going to go pray. Cause this is my morning routine. And he walked through the door and was like, Oh, guess what? You're the new Bishop. Man, imagine just doing your morning thing. You know, you get up, brush your teeth, make your coffee, and you're like, I'm, I'm going to go to the church, I'm, I'm going to do some praying, and I'm going to get on with my day. You walk in, there's like 20 monks sitting there like, you're the new bishop. It's like, yeah. oh, it's like no. walking. Yeah, it's like walking to a restaurant and be like, ah, oh, you're the millionth customer. It's like, yeah. congratulations. Except with Basically. a lot more responsibility. Exactly, a lot with a lot more. Perks. Yeah, like that's. Yeah. Wow. Very that's odd. Very, very, very odd very indeed. Because even when I was researching like the Catholic church, church's history in general some people don't consider saint nicholas a an actual legitimate thank you saint because of that history because of his yeah because of his age because of how it transpired and everything so some people yeah (laughs) apparently so like again that's that's still an interesting quirk about that but yeah i literally google like oh i want to see all of the the saints in history and depending on the website that you would go to he may or may not be listed because some people don't see him as credible interesting so some people are some people are against santa claus being a saint wow (laughs) that's that's entertaining so that actually kind of brings it to the next part of the discussion which i know you brought up earlier i don't know if we this is actually on recording yet um but the idea that like um that saint nicholas wasn't actually a person right Right, so that conspiracy. Yeah. So there's 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 theories out there that because um, this this is around the time that the Catholic Church uh, was um, like to put it bluntly, taking some of the traditions of other religions as their own and to like push out those religion mm-hmm. religions and to put them down um, and and push them away. Um, and there's there's all sorts of stuff like that. Um, like a a slight tangent example, the like the devil imagery mm-hmm. um i had done some research a while back i mean i could be wrong here but from what I, the research i had done like the whole you know red you know horns mm-hmm. forked tail thing um was th- there's a theory out there that the, it was a couple of monks who took the got like two primary gods of one of the pagan religions at the time and 
combined their likeness into that devil imagery mm-hmm. to scare people away from the religion. But like, so so there's theories for Saint Nicholas that he was actually um, uh, taken and created from different stories and folklore from other religions or um, like nearby regions, like folklore for some of the farming communities uh, or some of the deities of other religions, and that that's like where some of his deeds came from. Um, and that, yeah, there's, there's a theory that St. Nicholas didn't exist. So hmm. I think that actually tracks. And here's why I think that. Because there's multiple, like, points in history where that's actually reality. Like, there's figures in history that never actually existed. Like, again, going back to American folklore, Paul Bunyan wasn't actually a real person. Or um, uh, John Henry uh, the famous uh, uh, African American man that built um, the railways. Like, there's, a, I don't know if you've ever seen there's a old VHS tape that I, yeah. a VHS tape that I used to watch as a kid that about American folklore. The four on it were, or my best Johnny example, Appleseed. Johnny Appleseed would be my there other go. good example. There's multiple figures out there that never actually existed, but they served a propagandic function in order to spread a message about something, mm. right? So I can see that actually being the case. Because if you think about it, so let's say the origin of how he actually became a saint was true. Right? He walked into the church one morning and he's like, oh, and there's like 20 monks in there being like, you're the new bishop. And that was, that started his journey on becoming a saint, right? And then again, the fact that he did it so early and like, again, there's just, this was a unique situation. Maybe there was a guy out there that was named Nicholas and did become a saint, but maybe he perished or something like that. Or he died, like, like he didn't die like a hero or anything. He just died one day. Like, he, he actually got ran over by a cart or, you know, so there was a stray arrow that just you know, kind of, right? Like, you know, something, is, but, like, the, the Catholic Church saw an opportunity that, like, we can't, like, we can't tell the world about this. Like, we, maybe we're banking on, you know, Nicholas to be, like, the patron saint of everything. It's like, like you've said, he's a patron saint of a lot of things. Maybe we were banking on Nicholas to, like, either rebrand our image or help spread the word because that's what we want to do. So they seize the opportunity to use the idea of St. Nicholas to control certain things or to spread certain messages, mm-hmm. right? And there's, a, there's a, and there's a couple of ways I can support that being like uh, the ghost of Kiev. Like that would be the most modern example I can think of. The ghost of Kiev wasn't actually a real guy. That was propaganda from the Ukrainian government to show how weak and disorganized Russia actually was and is in the war, right? Uh, that that would be a good example, or like um, this is a lot more ancient example, but like uh, Persia, for example, uh, Persia, or d- especially during the one war between Persia and Rome, there was, or I think ah, I can't remember if it was Persia and or Mesopotamia or something like that. But the point is, is that there's this idea that there was these soldiers in the Persian army that wore these masks. And they were like, if you've seen the movie 300, you know what I'm talking about. They're like, the, or if, if, you, if you haven't, then you're probably not. But like, they're dressed in all black and they have like, they're like silver face masks on top of their actual face. But the point is you can't see their real face. And the idea behind it was that as soon as one of the soldiers died, somebody else would pick up the mask mm-hmm. and keep going. So it made uh, it seem like that there was an endless army of like a small group of individuals. That does make sense, actually. That's, that's- but that's genius from right? a strategy standpoint. Right, so like, in the, you can apply that to like another good yeah. example I could give with like the idea of James Bond. Like, mm-hmm. the, there's a th- conspiracy theory out there that James Bond is just a title. Right. 007 is just a title. Hence why in movies, like we all know realistically the reason there's different actors is because 
that's just how life goes. There's different actors that represent different, uh, the same character, right? Uh, but the theory is that 007 is a specific position, hence why there's so many different uh, individuals that have played 007 James Bond. Right. I mean, it's more of like a, a mantra than anything right. for things. I mean, you look at like, like comic book r- relation, like you look at Hail Hydra, you cut off one head and three True. return. Or is it two returns? It's two. two. Cut off one head, two more tickets, yeah. place, Hail Hydra. But yeah. like, yeah, exactly, right? It's the idea that like these ideas can be controlled and utilized. Like even like Robin Hood, like Robin Hood's a, like a folk, folk tale. Yeah. The idea that there's someone f- who steals from the rich and gives to the poor, right? And even then that idea has been twisted and used for different, many different explanations of like why the rich should be gouged or, you know, things like that. Like it's just the idea that like, they used, I can plausibly see the Catholic Church doing this. Like, if I were, to, if you were to come up to me, like, tell me, oh, there's this conspiracy theory that St. Nicholas was never real and was all the Catholic, uh, was all Catholic Church propaganda, I'd be like, I can see it. I, I would definitely, like, like, how, how do you guys feel about that? Like, actually being, a, like, a plausible thing. I, I, I can see it being true. I think, like, I think our minds went to different places because when I had heard that theory, um, the thought that came to mind is, like, oh, like, what about people who say they've met St. Nicholas or anything, like, after he became um, the bishop and all of that. And, I mean, I could also imagine they've taken these, like, folklores, mixed them into this character, and then one of the monks or the first person who walked in, um, they were like, hey, like, do you want to take on this mantra and, like, this mission and go spread this word? Which, like, in actuality, if the message that was trying to be spread was, like, watch out for children, like, watch out for those around you, care for those around you, and right. if you have extra money, give it to others. Like, that's not a bad thing Not, not to at take. all. Like, that's not a bad standpoint mm-hmm. to go off not of. It's all. not a bad character to to play. And see, what's funny about that, too, and, like, if you had, if you had gone down the other way, which I think you were going to go with, which is, like, oh, there is no way that this was just, like, there could have been, it could have just been one person. I think it could have been multiple people, honestly. Like, in my, in my argument for the support, that would be, like, the idea of Spartacus. Right, there were multiple mm-hmm. people like, no, I'm Spartacus. No, I'm Spartacus. Like Spartacus right. is no longer just one person. Spartacus mm-hmm. became an idea. Again, kind of going back to communication theory for a second. Um, there's this communication theory called semiotics. Semiotics is the study of symbols, ah. and the meaning that we associate and garner from various symbols within our within our lives. Right, like if I were to tell you, like, uh, what's the first thing you think about when you think of the cross? Like, like initial reaction. Like, Anna, what's the first thing you think about when you think of the cross? Like Jesus and exactly. Christianity. What about you? Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I would think of Jesus dying on the cross. Exactly, right? So, and again, that's just the shared meaning that we as people have associated as a, and as a society with that specific symbol. I can say, you can say the same about like the American flag. Like if you see the American flag was the first thing, you think, probably patriotism. Or if you see the swastika was the first thing you think about Nazis. Like it's just like, there's just certain symbols that like, or you like, let's say, uh, let's say you saw the McDonald's, uh, M for, what would you think about? Hungry. Exactly. Like food. <laughs> right? So like, there's these, these symbols. Exactly. Right? There's these there's these symbols that we have all garnered meaning to because they are symbols and we give them meaning. So right. what you're saying is, is you think that St. Nicholas is one of those symbols. I like, Or was at the time. Was at the time and is still, and it still is. Because think about it. I mean, it would make sense if it was like a symbol with multiple people because like, the things that he's the patron saint of, you've got everything from children to merchants to prostitutes to sailors to uh, Greece to, like, there's... Wolves, I guess? Wolves was somewhere in there. (laughs) Um, Like, there's just, there's so... Like, this 
again, the list I'm looking at is like 20 to 30 different things. He's the, the saint of, of different places. He's the, the bishop of, what was it, Mir? Uh, Myra. Was. Myra, that's Myra. what it was. The bishop of Myra, you know, like all of these things, like what it could could be multiple people going yeah. around just trying to do good deeds. I mean, that's a lot for some one person to accomplish. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Which I mean, is which it goes which goes yeah. goes back to. So there's a couple other things I wanted to touch on. Which is first off, that would explain why there's so many different accounts of who Saint Nicholas actually is. Mm-hmm. If it was multiple His pe- height difference, height difference, <laughs> multiple people, they're going to assume multiple. There's going to be different things. Again, why? Again, that again, I could go back and you could apply this to just about any folk legend or historical account of a hero Mm. or considered a hero is that maybe it wasn't just one person. Maybe it was multiple people, but it was easier to classify it as one person just to get the message across. Because for us, it's, I don't know, what's what's more, kind of just an opinion question, what's more impactful for you? The fact that one person did something or an entire group did something? An entire group. Okay, what about you? Uh, I think it would depend on what the something is, and and that's a fair and that's a fair uh, reasoning to make as well. And the mm-hmm. idea that like to me, it's 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 always more impactful that one person did something. I mean, I agree with Anna. Like, it's an, it's crazy that like a group of like a group of people like uh, the example I would use would be like the Tower of Babel, but a group of people was building it, and God had to come down and like you know completely mess right. up their languages so they wouldn't do that. But imagine if that was one person doing that. Yeah. In, in some cases, that could be a lot more, like, astonishing and being like, oh, my God. Or the idea of um, the Ubermensch, right? A philosophical uh, concept that uh, Friedrich uh, Nietzsche came up with, uh, the idea that, like, um, instead of... Uh, the, the origins of it is basically the idea of that, like, instead of looking for other otherworldly other worldly, um, power to believe in, simply you believe in, like, the Earth and its power, and you will gain great power from it. Mm. The, and Ubermensch is the idea of where Superman comes from. Hmm. I didn't know that. Yeah. That's neat. Yeah. So, like, again, but it goes back to the idea of just, like, there's just symbols and the things that we believe in. There's a lot more that could be explained from it than just it being one person. But the other thing that I wanted to bring up is, look at all of what we talked about with St. Nicholas. Like, the different origins, the different stories. And look at, A, how Santa Claus is portrayed today and the different ways Santa Claus is portrayed today. Like, Christmas movies is its own genre. Right. Right. Look at um, the Santa Claus starring Tim Allen. Right. Look at the origin of that, of how he became Santa Claus. In the first movie, uh, Santa Claus falls off the roof, disappears, and by putting on the coat, he became the new Santa Claus, which is why that movie is spelled with the clause with an E, because it's like a clause, like a contract. Santa <laughs> Claus is normally not spelled with that E. It's just C-L, uh, C-L-A-U-S. Right. So, but that goes back into the idea that, like, uh, St. Nicholas just walked into the church one day and became St. Nicholas. Right. Right. Or some random guy became St. Nicholas. Or uh, the fact that he was portrayed, the, the fact that he was as young as he was when he became a saint. Uh, the movie that comes to mind is the animated, uh, I think it's Santa Claus is Coming to Town, which is the yeah. animated cl- claymation movie that explores the origins of Kris Kringle. The fact that he was an orphan, uh, was adopted by elves who made toys. And would would go to a neighboring town and deliver those toys, but there was a guy in charge that didn't like that. So we had to develop ways to sneak into the houses, give the kids toys, and as a byproduct, would give the guy in charge Cole just as a basically a big screw you. Uh, <laughs> there was also like in that movie, like he meets a wizard that has magic popcorn that makes the reindeer fly. Yeah. Uh, so like, but like if you look at the different uh, iterations of media. The idea of uh, Saint Nicholas and the way his different origins kind of has fed into 
the different iterations of how Santa Claus does it. Mm. Like kind of going back to what you said earlier, maybe it wasn't just one person. That's a lot for one person to do. That's exactly what everyone says about Santa Claus. The fact that he's able to deliver gifts to every single person in the world in an entire night. That's a lot for one person to do. So Santa Claus now is a, he's not a superhero. He's a secret society. Santa Claus is the Illuminati. Oh gosh, <laughs> and that honestly makes sense because even in relation to his death, like I did not really find anything concrete. So the biggest thing that I found was from three hundred and eight, yeah, three hundred eight A.D. to three hundred and thirteen A.D. So in three hundred eight, he would have been thirty eight years old. Right. So this is eight years after he was appointed bishop. Um, he was arrested and imprisoned, tortured all of the great stuff for seven, for, stuff. for eight years. Um, yeah, no, sorry. Seven years, um, because of his Christian, like his Christian beliefs. Mm. Um, now it wasn't until Constantine became Ooh. emperor that like freedom of faith and belief was actually instilled in that society. And he was released from prison because the emperor before Constantine did not allow that. Mm -hmm. So he was in prison for seven years because of his faith and then was released when the emperor changed. But from him being 38 years old, like that was the last thing that I found on his life and his works. Um, The very, like basically around his death, I found nothing as far as like how he died, only that he supposedly died around the age of 73 um, but nothing on how he died at all. And that kind of just goes back to the idea, like, once you become a symbol, you are no longer yourself. Like, the idea of you is no longer your own. You're now a symbol. You are everybody's. Just about. Like if, you th- mm. if you think about it, like, the fact that we all know who Santa Claus is based off of possibly one person. Right. That's insane. Oh, yeah. So... Yeah, there, there's just, there's so much there's with St. Nicholas to unpack. Mm. Is there anything else that, like, you found in your research that you wanted to bring up or you thought was really cool? The only other thing that I found was, again, this is, yeah, I'm trying to do math in my head right now, uh, 600 years after his quote-unquote death is in the 11th century, um, sailors from Venice, uh actually stole his remains so like stole his tomb and his body oh my gosh why um um, and they called it an act of holy robbery robbery okay Um, that would make sense the sailors then brought back (laughs) they brought back his bones to italy which where they stole it from um, and when they were asked to ex- i find this so interesting when they were asked to explain their motive the Italians claim that the bones of St. Nicholas weren't safe from the people in Myra, which is modern-day Turkey. So, And even when they transferred his casket, if you will, I don't know what they called it back then. Uh, I found this really gross. But apparently his marble tomb started discharging what they thought was like holy water uh, no yeah so i have no idea like the cremation or burial process of back then but they thought that it smelled like sweet fluid um which his patrons described as the manna of saint nicholas 
Um, Although described as oil, the fluid was later on revealed to be mostly water, which is not surprising because what are we like, 70% water as humans? Yeah. Um, Nonetheless, his believers claimed that the fluid had healing properties. So you know somebody touched that hypothetically. Yes. Okay, not only that. I thought you were going to say they like drank it That's exactly what I was thinking. I'm thinking, I'm like, oh my gosh, is this why we get Santa Claus milk and cookies? (gasps) No, like mil- or you, you, mil- either milk or eggnog. Well, that was the two I was thinking about. I was like, oh my nasty. god, tell me someone. I like I've heard of religious zealots, but that's like that's nasty. That's just gross. That's, that's disgusting. absolutely disgusting. Oh my gosh! Oh. And that was pretty much the last thing that <sighs> I found. At least had to touch it. Yeah, <laughs> I was like, maybe somebody had oh like gosh. a splinter, and they were like, oh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna test it. Imagine, oh, imagine, dude. imagine like just telling a friend of you. Like imagine you're one of those sailors. And you told a friend, yeah, we uh, we stole the remains of St. Nicholas. And there was just like this weird white fluid that kept coming out of the tomb. Uh, and then the, the, like, not even like, uh, like him saying it, but that the other person just assumed they just drank it because they're crazy for stealing yeah. remains, period. What if that passed down? That's why we, uh, you know, milk and or eggnog yeah. at Christmas time. Oh, man, but this was also gross. in the 11th century. So yeah. that goes that goes back to the mentality that like. St. Nicholas, the idea of him. I mean, he's still around today, so that's point in case. But this is six, hypothetically, almost 600 years after his death. Wow. And people went to his burial site, (laughs) stole his body, because they felt like his bones were in danger of something. That's some, like, national treasure Freemason level crap. Like, oh my gosh. Imagine... uh, Oh no, I'm gonna make a terrible joke here. Imagine St. Nicholas Cage, right? He's acting, he's a sailor on a ship, gets rope burn, and then goes over to the bones of St. Nicholas he just stole, and it's like, I'm gonna wipe my rope burned hand through this strange fluid that's seeping out of it. Oh, two days later, I'm healed. Yeah. At, at Fountain of Youth, question mark? Because no. it was the 11th century, like, oh, mm-hmm. it's insane. That's so that is insane. Oh my gosh! Very gross. So I guess I guess the big question we can ask at the end of this is like, uh, and then do you want did you want to bring up aliens? Yeah, what potentially? was what was your interesting? Oh, the the big thing I want to talk about was just that he was the uh, he was the patron saint of prostitutes. Oh, like, okay, because yeah, that yeah. always catches people off guard, and I, I love to get to talk about it because people are like, oh, that's not good, and then you explain what happened, and they're like, oh, that's oh. That's, that's that's pretty good. That's better. <laughs> Um, but did you want to bring up aliens at all potentially with this? Or I mean, there it's there is also still the possibility. We're talking about a large number of beings mm-hmm. going under one guise that could potentially be a hive mind to do good stuff. Maybe maybe yeah. Saint Nicholas is just a bunch of aliens. Yeah, I mean that would, that would track with the Scroll whole you invasion. Know, <laughs> yeah, that would track with the whole like <laughs> yeah. able to yeah. uh, travel around the world in one night. Shapeshifters, like oh yeah, anything's possible at this point. Yeah. I guess I guess the a slays, better the slays an alien vessel. The better question to always cap off with when we talk about conspiracy theories, like such as like this and something as convoluted and potentially universal as St. Nicholas, what does this change if it's actually true? Like what effect? Like if he is in fact real or? So, so like, so like, here's the thing, right? So like when we talked about the Paul is dead theory, right? Something that we brought up was like, what imp- what greater impact does this idea uh, or the truth, the potential truth behind this idea of St. Nicholas and Santa Claus what greater impact would this have on the world, if any? Because that's why people like love talking about conspiracy theories in the first place. It, like, like the like the Illuminati, for example. Like, if the Illuminati are actually true, like I, that would that would boggle my brain. Like, the fact there's like a secret organization controlling every single world event. Mm. The, the conclusion we came to with the Paul is dead theory was 
um, it wouldn't really have a greater impact on the entire world than the fact like, oh, you're actually able to keep someone dead that's al- alive. Like, that's a lot harder to do than uh, keeping someone dead that's actually, or, oh, well, let me, re- let me rephrase keeping that. Keeping someone alive that's dead. You, you flipped it, it around. I flipped thing. it around, but, like. See, I, I think if, like, so what I'm taking from it is if St. Nicholas wasn't real and it was, like, a, a group of people who agreed to do good under the guise of this name, and use that as inspiration for other people to do good. Right. Like, I, I think, honestly, above all else, I would just think that was really cool. Yeah. I agree. It's, it's just a bunch of people being charitable mm-hmm. in hopes that taking on the name of a saint in their charitable action, other people would be like, oh, snap, I should be charitable too. And I just think that's cool. I, and I 100% agree with that. What about you? What do you think? Where I honestly thought... Because when you look at a lot of Santa Claus movies, it actually depicts what we're talking about right now. Right. Is, you know, in the original Santa Claus movies that we all grew up on is when a Santa Claus retired, another one took its place. Mm -hmm. So my thought process was actually like there was very little history that I found past him um, leaving prison. So I'm like, what if he died in prison? You know? What it, like the original one, if you will? Um, that's with what I said earlier. Right, you know, he didn't really have an eventful death; he just died. Now that could go one of two ways. One of the ways is he already had made such an impact on his society that there was already somebody to take up his mantle. Option two is in my head. I'm like, okay, if Constantine became emperor. And obviously, St. Nicholas was very well known pre-Constantine becoming emperor. If I was going to be emperor, the last thing that I would do is want to let the people that I was governing over, letting them know that somebody that they adored was actually sitting dead in prison. prison So what if he actually facilitated finding someone in the community, you know, that was like, hey, I need you to... Be, be, be I think that just be, be like Saint a cool, Nicholas, like rite of passage or you know? honor kind of thing. Like honestly, like being named like the next, uh, like kind of like kind of related to like uh, us as uh, fraternity men. Like the fact you know winning prior or winning the president of the chapter is like such a big deal, right? Kind of kind of that or you know being named uh, the next uh, or kind of a more uh, mainstream example would be like being named uh, Time Magazine sexiest man alive. Like you know that that kind of that kind of idea behind it is like there's these like things that we give credit to and give value to. That society like uh, like uh, like admires and being named the next one is is an honor. Well, I mm-hmm. mean, a- another quick example to give that might also be it would I-, I feel like it could also fall under the whole like um, for superhero example, Spider Man passing on the mantle of Spider Man to yeah. Miles Morales. Spider-Man. That's a great like, one. Yeah. It, it. But yeah, I could definitely see that being like this. Maybe somebody that was very well trusted or um, like was always good to to Constantine or whatever and and he was like hey like morale's gonna go down the drain if they find out that this like really great person or like really great symbol is just like you know dead in prison Mm -hmm. so take this on do as good as you can and then just die (laughs) because I also feel like correct me if I'm wrong is 73 years, was that a long time for people to live back then? I feel like it was pretty long. I mean so this is around what AD right? Right, this is around 200 AD, because in some, not related to this, but in some other research that I have done, like, because calendar years are not the same now that they were always back then, like, so somebody in, 
much, much older history could have been like, oh, I lived this many years, but then scientists have done research and they're like, they were actually only 35 years old because of their calendar year being different than ours. I would think. And I mean, with like polio and like plagues right, and I'm and like, like that. people well, were just not very. And, and that would explain why um, like olden society back then, like um, women were betrothed as young as, young right. as they were. Yeah, like right, 13, life, 14 years right, old. Like what what I'm seeing, because what two hundred seventy three hundred that's like, that's like first second century, right? Or so first first century would be would have been one thousand A.D. Oh, oh, that's and cool. that I thought, was I thought, I thought the way you counted centuries is you like added one more because like we're in the twenty first century right now and it's only two thousand. Oh, so you're, no, would, you're right. You're right. Yeah, yeah, so yeah, that right. would have been the first century. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So it would have been like his lifespan two seventy to what was it three forty three or something. Yeah. So he was seventy three years first, old. First second century. Um, I, I can't say how like extensive this is. Right. I, I literally just did a Google search. Uh, but what I'm seeing is an average like lifespan for humans was 35. So yeah. Yeah. So comparatively speaking, if that's the right, case, that's almost and even then like then, more than double that just, age. <laughs> yeah. Like, and even then like 35 at that point in time would have been like, you were super healthy. Yeah. You had no issues whatsoever. I mean, both he, of his parents died from a plague. Exactly. So. Yeah. Like the fact that he was able to live at that long, but again, take even if you did take into account like the fact that their calendar years were probably either shorter, heck, maybe they were even longer. Right. I don't know. I would assume they were shorter just because of like the because uh, like farming was a big mm-hmm. um, basis for calendars. Period. So I would assume like you based your year off the next farming season, and we we don't do that as often anymore in modern day society right. because of how we have like, we have the Gregorian calendar. I believe that's what we use. Right. I think that's what it's called. I could be wrong. I, I remember reading that somewhere. But the point is, is that like... This is why I'm a psych major. <laughs> I'm a comms major. Uh, the point is, is that like, even if you were to take that into account, it's still like, he would still be considered ancient. And even yeah. then that calls the question, is that accurate? Right. Is that accurate? Is that actually the truth? Because yeah. it would have been a lot more accurate if he died in prison, somebody took up his mantle, and then that person died yeah. at 73 you know, or maybe, maybe, they, maybe were, they died and three other people took up the mantle after them. And then the person that they actually think died was the fourth person down the line. Yeah. yeah maybe they pulled a, maybe they pulled a PR Beetlestone and they replaced him with someone who looked exactly like him. And then they yeah. just assumed that was the same person. I mean, it would have not have been that hard back then because no, that would have been a lot easier. Everybody grew beers and everybody looked the exact same. Yeah. Like what we, like what we talked about with the Paul is dead theory, like the fact that they were able to potentially able to keep someone alive or keep someone dead. No, it was the other way around. Keep someone alive that was potentially dead. That's a lot harder to do than fake a death. Yeah. That's, that would be so much easier to do back in that time than now. Or oh, yeah. Back in the 60s when that... Uh, Pre-social media. Out. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So I, mean, I would definitely would not put it past that. Okay, so just overall, summarizing the entirety of the idea of St. Nicholas, <laughs> his early life, all of these crazy stories, the, the horrible holy goo... Um, <laughs> Uh, one out of ten. What would you rate the "quote unquote" conspiracy of Santa Claus? I think that there is a very high percentage that Saint Nicholas was a real person at some time. At some point, and I also think that there is a very high percentage that upon his death, that people simply you know, took up his mantle for good reason because of what he instilled in society when he was alive. And they just continued on with with that tradition. But I do see, I mean, there were too many 
things as far as like him going to prison um, and and his birth actually having a specific date on it mm-hmm. for I feel like him not to be real. Um, but I would not have been surprised if he died in prison. Like, not at all. So would you rate this out of 10? Like, what would you rate, like, the accuracy, or what was the accuracy of the conspiracy theory, kind yeah, of? I, we, I think we've changed every time. But Just like, about, like, what, like, if you were to rate this conspiracy theory or the idea of conspiracy theory of Santa Claus, like, out of 10, what would, what, like, what would you give it? So we're rating the the fact that he is alive or not alive. Or I, I, okay, I, I, guess, I guess a better way to put it would be, like, how... Uh, like compared uh, how I'm do how I'm rating and how I'm going to rate is like compared to other conspiracy theories, like on a scale of one to 10, how like interesting, how like, like how would you rate that out of 10? Mm, I would rate it like an 8.5. Okay. 8.5. Okay. What about you? I'm see, that's the thing is I'm trying to, I'm trying to come up with a decent number because this is a very interesting topic. Yeah. This is a very interesting topic. Like the fact that there is so many different types of stories and crazy details and things that you could just learn about Saint Nicholas overall and how he's transformed into this figure of Santa Claus, right? Like healing juices. And healing juices. Like that that that's still yeah. But <laughs> when it comes to like other conspiracy theories that we know and talk about, it's it's not that it doesn't measure up. I think this is more of a topic that you can genuinely just sit down and just learn more about. Mm-hmm. But again, I go back to like what we discussed with the Paul is dead theory. If this were any of this were actually true, what does it really change anything about the reality we live in? Not really. No. Like it just it, again, there's just some things that'd be cool. There's just some things that'd be really, really gross. Like, I, in I think so. I'd give this like a seven. Okay. I would think because it's still a really interesting topic mm-hmm. to talk about. But like when it comes to like the life or death like feeling you get when you talk about conspiracy theories, or at least when you hear other people talk about conspiracy theories, I'd say like it just doesn't measure up as high just because of like again, there's no real impact that this would have. Like nothing would drastically change uh, if there's any of like any of this were actually true. Well, one thing I will pose to you is: Would it drastically change? If, I mean, we weren't sitting here talking about it because the story itself never existed. Mm. So you, know? you mean like if like the story itself uh, never actually existed, like we wouldn't have Santa Claus? Yeah, exactly. I mean. Because he did originate, Santa Claus did originate Right, so Saint I'd Nicholas. say at that point, then that's like a, I go back to like, I, I can't, do you remember what we rated uh, the Paul is Dead theory? I don't. I think we gave it a pretty high rating just because of like the idea, the fact. Yeah, probably. <laughs> Uh, but I'm pretty sure we came to, the, came to the same conclusion, the fact that, like, you know, the, the theory that we potentially discussed as the part of the conspiracy was, like, that it was just all a PR stunt. Mm. Like, the entire thing was a PR stunt done by the management of the Beatles or by the Beatles themselves. And I think we, like, rated that at, like, a 10 out of 10. So if that's the case, and this was all just, like, like uh, this entire the entire mythos of St. Nicholas is just a myth and none of it actually happened, I'd give it a 10 out of 10 at that point. Right, because that's that, a lot. Because that's it's, it's it's a lot. That's a lot of effort, and a lot of like either planning or like circumstance or coincidence mm-hmm. to lead to what we have to today. At that point, I'd give it a ten out of ten if that were the case. But before that, I give it a seven. I, I think personally, like again, rating it completely uh, different from what Logan does, uh, <laughs> as has become uh, somewhat normal. Uh, I would give this a five out of ten. And okay. My my scale is purely on like enjoyment. And I'm giving, I'm I'm saying five out of ten, not because I don't enjoy it, 
But it's also, this isn't like lunar landing or flat earth where I could sit here and like nerd out about all of the <laughs> theories and jokes and stuff for, for hours. But it's something that like, yeah, I'm sitting around the Christmas table with my family. We're talking and having fun. And for whatever reason, I'll just be like, oh, yeah, you, here's some cool things I know about St. Nicholas that I researched and have a fun conversation. about. Right. Right. See, um, and that's kind of kind of how I go. Like, I, I may have explained it a little bit differently, but that's kind of how I like run my scale, too, is the fact that like when I meant when I said like life or death feeling of a conspiracy theory. Like when you talk to people about like something like the lunar landing or the Illuminati or like lizard people, right? Just to throw that one out there because I think that one's super intriguing. You get like these, you get this feeling of like, this is so important. Like if this were to like be true, this would change the entire fabric of our reality. Like especially like let's say like the moon landing didn't happen, right? Like just to touch on that for a second, like that, like that would just mean that like the government's lied to us for years and years and years. But again, I'd go back to what else is new. Right, but like, but that, so I, I we kind of graded on the same idea, but we just we do it like a little bit differently. But I get where you're going with that, and I, I would agree. Like that's why I gave it a seven because I just find stuff like this very very intriguing, mm-hmm. especially when we talk about like you know folklore, like what is true, what it possibly isn't true. There's so many different things. Like so, I, I get where you're going with that, though. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, now we can move on to a far simpler uh, <laughs> scale, uh, which is the the coffee we had, the Mexico Veracruz from Page Roasting Company. Um, which is roastery in Champagne, which is like 40 minutes from my hometown. It's my spouse's hometown. Um, but, uh, yeah, so the Mexico Veracruz, the medium roast that we had, uh, scale of 1 out of 10, like, and be be honest, like fully brutally honest, but scale of 1 out of 10, how'd you like it, and any any short thoughts you have. Like me personally, I give it like an 8. It's not like my favorite. It's not the, not the best, but I, I have this a lot, and when I run out, I'm probably going to buy another bag. Makes sense. What about you, Anna? What do you think? I would actually agree with you. I was going to give it an 8 or 8.5 as well. Um, I've drank a lot of different coffees. Um, and for it being a medium to, uh, like, very high, like, it's, when I say acidity, well, you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. So, like, it mm-hmm. does not have as high of a, an acidity as mm-hmm. I expected it to because most darker coffees have a high acidity um where it has that aftertaste and that is the reason i do not drink dark coffee Mm -hmm. because i don't like the aftertaste or the high acidity um but this actually goes down very smoothly and it has a very nice texture and taste to it um so yeah i would definitely give it like eight or 8.5 um just because with it being a medium um roast to to darker roast like it tastes really really good uh, I'd give it a seven as well, okay. just because like I think uh, this isn't like I said this isn't the best coffee that I've ever had, and I think we've had a couple of coffees on the show that like I've liked a little bit more. But I, the reason I get I, I think I would I think I would give it lower. But Anna brought up like the smoothness of it going mm-hmm. down. That's what's bumping my score up to a seven, just because of, like I genuinely enjoyed this coffee without anything extra. I feel like I'd enjoy it more if I did add a little something extra, but I don't need something extra in order to like to drink this coffee. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know what they do at this roastery, but, like, every every bean I've had from them, I've had a different reason to love. Like, uh, mm-hmm. over Thanksgiving, I had the, uh, I think it was the Guatemalan roast that they have, and that went, it, their Ethiopian uh, coffee bean that they have that we tried on the first episode mm-hmm. used to be my favorite until mm-hmm. I had the Guatemalan. Really? And it, I mean, it just blew it out of the water. So I guess the gonna... flavor was, well, I'm trying to get it back. Okay, so I was like, so we're going to have, so have the Guatemalan eventually but, on this show? Yeah, like... Page Roasting Company, not at all a sponsor of the podcast, unless they want to be. But, <laughs> um, like, I don't know what I don't know what they do down there, but they do it right. 
It's, I would agree. Like again, the fact that we've had this is the second one we've had from that company, and I'm pretty sure I gave the um the Ethiopian one like a, a fairly high rating because, like you said, it was mm-hmm. your favorite until the Guatemalan you tried, and I tried it, and I was like, wow, like for first coffee for this show, it was really really good. Oh, yeah. So I I say that Page is definitely consistent, and I, I do like if I were to like get into coffee, I'd probably buy from them just because they have they're as consistent mm-hmm. as they are. Um, well, uh, yeah, you've heard the conspiracy as talking about St. Nicholas, whether or not he's a symbol or if he ever existed and our thoughts on it, um, and the coffee that we tried today that you just heard us talk about. Um, so we can go ahead and wrap up. We want to thank you for joining us, Anna. It yeah, was really great to have you on, and um, I definitely appreciate having someone out-research me when we're talking <laughs> about conspiracies. No, it, was, it was definitely, I definitely enjoyed having you on the, conspir- well, uh, on the show as well, because I remember when I first talked to you about uh, me doing this, and you're like, well... That's probably something I wouldn't really be interested in because I'm just not super into like conspiracy theories and things like that. You're right, and, and I was, I was like, oh, okay. But then I was like, I figured we could find something that you would enjoy, and I think this yeah. was like the perfect topic oh, yeah. for that. I would agree. I'm when you, I told you I wasn't into conspiracy theories. It's because a lot of people lean on like, no offense, Riley, but like flat Earth conversations yeah. right. or alien conversations. Yeah. And I, not that I'm like, oh, that well, that would be interesting, but it's like. I just don't enjoy giving any energy to those conversations. Yeah, which is completely fair. Um, so, but like this intrigues me because it's from like history, mm-hmm. if you will. Um, but I even love like sci-fi related things for sure. But oh, yeah. stuff, stuff where it's like, oh, we need to prove the moon landing or we need to, yeah. <laughs> you know, prove the earth is round. I'm like, eh. Like, so, I, don't, I don't think I think we've done that. Yeah, plenty of yeah. like, plenty of times at this point. <laughs> There's a lot of science to back all that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like if we were to ever do like I, th- I think eventually we're gonna have to do flat. Like you even said we're oh, gonna do flat Earth. Yeah, eventually. I've, I've got a guest lined up for when we exactly. do. Exactly. But but trust like, me, it nice. will be more than just jokes. <laughs> no, no, which is which is exactly the 100 percent the case. I'm just glad that like we are as a as a podcast and as a, I guess you can call us investigators at this point just because of all the research <laughs> we've done. Barely, like like I'd like. Again, in a certain way of thinking, investigators. But, like, I'm glad that we are exploring the things that people don't typically explore. Mm. Like, the like I've never thought in a million years that I'd be sitting in here talking about St. Nicholas. Because I just never thought anything of it until, again, Riley brought that point up to me. And now we're, now we're here. So, yeah. Yeah. Uh, it was very fun to talk about and do research on. And um, with it having been an incentive, it did help raise a, a lot of money for the Judy Fund, which we are, like, oh, awesome. super thrilled yeah, I think Yeah, I think our final total... I think the, uh, it was calculated correctly. It was like ten, eleven, twelve, basically, like a thousand dollars, eleven or a thousand, eleven dollars and like twelve cents. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, I know, like last uh, last episode, we had Dr. Mitzel on, and mm-hmm. he helped match contributions. And he did as well. Um, yeah, because we we threw it up there. We were like, yeah, thousand dollars. We're gonna do a Christmas special. Um, not really knowing if we'd hit it or not. Not really thinking we would. And then like I went out there and I saw the total, and I was like, well. Here we go. Like, yeah. awesome. Which means I also have to do my incentive now. Uh, oh, yeah. Crap. Uh, that's <laughs> Wait, gonna, that's what was yours? Be, so mine's going to, my personal incentive, uh, it's kind of similar to the one I did last year, uh, uh, which is uh, this year's was at $625. I'm going to dance in the rotunda for three hours straight in like a suit and tie. Yeah. Last year I did it for two hours at 500 and I was How like, did I miss this? Um, I honestly don't know because it was uh, quite like, not like let's say like it was a popular thing, but it was, it was, it was talked about for at least a week. When are you planning hilarious. on doing this? Uh, some point next semester. Oh, okay. I was some like, because you have two days. I was left. like, I'm not. It's not happening <laughs> happen. this semester. But It'll I happen. think I think next semester we're going to be a lot more keen on completing all of our incentives. 
Uh, yeah, but we also uh, we wanted to thank WKWC 90.3, the radio station, for letting us use the podcast studio and post on their platform and through the things they use. Um, it has truly been a blessing this semester. It's been a, a wonderful de-stressor to 100%. be able to step away from classes and come record some really weird topics and just 100%. drink coffee because if I can ever have an excuse to drink a coffee, I'm going to take it. Yeah, and then I'm very excited for what next semester is going to hold. Uh, yes. Riley and I have spent this semester, you know, working out the process, trying to figure things out. And I think we've come up with a lot of ways we can improve. And a lot of guests. And a lot of guests that we definitely want to bring on for next semester. And we're really much looking forward to that. And I'm glad we were able to spend our last episode for this semester with you, Anna. And again, just thanks to everyone who's been listening and supporting us throughout this uh, entire endeavor. And I can't wait to see what next semester holds. Uh, yeah, so if you have any ideas for any coffees for us to try or any conspiracies for us to uh, to talk about or, or look at, um, be sure to send us some ideas. Uh, do you have the email logo? Yes, it is uh, pantherradio at kwc.edu. Uh, yeah, send us your ideas there. Just make sure to put in the subject something about the podcast so that uh, they know who to send it off to. There are a couple of podcasts that the station does, so just throw the name of the podcast in there um, so we can make sure it gets to the right people. Um, but thank you for tuning in and listening to a very special Christmas episode of uh, Coffee and Conspiracies. Oh, we should have called it like Christmas and Conspiracies or Coffee and Christmas. We Something like that. We missed an opportunity. We can, we'd uh, fix that when we uh, you know post it. We just call it like Christmas and Conspiracies yeah, there we or go. something like that. Um, but yeah, always remember, and the most important part of the entirety of this podcast, everything is a simulation. <laughs>